0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to 15 Minutes for Faith, Bible studies designed to increase our faith in Yahweh as the only true and living God, the Bible is the only inspired Word of God, and Jesus is the only divine Son of God and Savior of the world. In our Bible study today, we focus our attention upon the subject of the Antichrist and Mark of the Beast. With world conditions as they are, we're hearing an awful lot of speculation about Antichrist and Mark of the Beast. The general idea of many people is this, that preceding Christ's return, there will be a very powerful political personality that will arise, perhaps a dictator with world influence. He will make his dramatic appearance upon the stage of history, and all of this will Uh, lead to terrible things that will happen upon this earth. One writer who believes these things wrote, Overnight he will become the byword of the world. He is going to be distinguished as supernatural. He'll have a magnetic personality, be personally attractive, and a very powerful speaker, end of quotes. In their subjective speculation, uh, some have pointed In the past, to people such as Mussolini, as uh, Hitler, Stalin, Khrushchev, Fidel Castro, Saddam Hussein, and uh, of course, Bin Laden as the Antichrist. Cox News Service uh, commented on this speculation and wrote this, and I quote, If you're buying any one of these fantasies, you should get a money-back guarantee because they don't last. In this study, as all studies, let's search the Scriptures and do as the Apostle Paul teaches, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, that is proven to be good from the Word of God, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 21. We go to God's Word on this subject and any subject because God's Word is the only Word we're interested in, all things related to our salvation. And so what does the Word of God say? And speaking only as the oracles of God, First Peter four eleven, what do the oracles of God teach on this subject? Let's begin our study by reading every verse in the Bible that mentions Antichrist. In the Old Testament, there is no mention of this subject, the Antichrist or mark of the beast, and in the New Testament, there are only two letters. That, uh, these, where these terms appear, and that is in the epistles of John, 1st and 2nd John. So here is the sum total of what the Bible has to say on the subject of the Antichrist. 1st John 2 verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrist, whereby we know that it is the last time. And 1st John 2 verse 22. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. 1 John 4, verse 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. And then 2 John, verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and antichrist. Now, these are all the Bible teachings on that subject or that mention those things specifically. Now, words are known by the company they keep. And so when we consider the context or the verbal neighborhood of 1st and 2nd John in particular, and the New Testament in general. What is the message of John in these letters? Why does he mention the Antichrist? Well, John, one of the last remaining apostles, was living in the Roman province of Ephesus at that time. John was very concerned about a disturbing problem that had arisen in the churches in that area. And namely that some people in the church were teaching a new doctrine concerning the person of Jesus. They denied that Jesus had come in the flesh as the scriptures plainly teach he did. Such teaching then was a denial of what the apostles had taught. It was a denial that Jesus was the Messiah or the Son of God. Now this heresy was disturbing the love and the fellowship of these first century saints. And so John, by the Holy Spirit, calls these people liars in 1 John 2, verse 22. False prophets in 1 John 4, verse 1. Deceivers in 2 John 7. And, of course, Antichrist. And the idea that John is teaching here, as you can see from the reading, is not even remotely akin to what you're hearing about Antichrist today. What you're hearing about today is not a 30-second cousin to what first-century teaching shows us. Uh, In order to develop their theories, modern false prophets lift these verses about Antichrist completely out of their context and associate them with 20th and 21st century events today. Now, if we're to understand biblical teaching about Antichrist, we must view them in John's setting and in John's time, first-century setting. And from an examination of these four verses in which Antichrist are mentioned, we can learn these things. First of all, Antichrist existed in John's day. First John 2.18, you've heard Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrist. So John's readers must not look for a single mysterious figure in remote future years, but for many Antichrist, who John says have come. In chapter 4, verse 3, he says, This spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard must come, is now already in the world. Secondly, as we've said, there are many Antichrists, not one political ruler or dictator. Anyone who denies the deity and the incarnation, that is, Jesus came in the flesh, is Antichrist, according to the Apostle John. Third, from the next verse, verse 19, we learn that the Antichrist went out from us. This is a very important point that's often overlooked. The Antichrist John is speaking of here were former Christians, people who had formerly confessed their faith in Jesus to be the Christ, but now had left the faith and had gone back into the world. This was not some world political leader. Fourth, the Antichrist denied the deity of Jesus Christ, 1 John 2.22. Anyone who does does so is an Antichrist, whether in John's day or our day, but certainly not exclusively in either one. It's strange that those who talk so much about Antichrist nowadays never mention these any one of these four points. To sum up, then, the Antichrist had come in John's day. They were not expected in a remote future time. To be sure, we have those today who oppose the Antichrist, oppose the Christ and his teaching. Um, there were many Antichrist. Uh, there's not just one great world leader. They went out from among us. Anyone who denies Jesus came in the flesh, John says, is Antichrist. Uh, these were former believers, and they had now given up the faith. Uh, this is not, dear friend, some mysterious evil force that suddenly appears uh, in the 21st century. Um, and finally, the doctrine of the Antichrist was that Jesus did not come in the flesh. Bible teachings about Antichrist do not remotely resemble current teachings on this subject. Now, what about the mark of the beast? <clears throat> uh, what does the Bible has, have to say about the mark of the beast? A mark was also used as a blessing to the person who was being so designated. Sometimes it was a blessing. For example, it's said in Genesis chapter 4 that Cain killed his brother Abel. God sent him away from his land to wander upon the earth. Now Cain was afraid that anyone who met him would kill him. But God insisted that that would not happen because he, the Lord, would place a mark on Cain that would warn others not to harm him. And so it's important to understand here that the mark that God put upon Cain was actually an act of grace. Uh, history has misunderstood this mark and often refers to it as a curse, but a careful reading of Scripture will show that it was actually a sign of God's grace and not a curse. The Lord's mark also at times meant protection uh, in Scripture. In Ezekiel chapter 9, God pronounces judgment upon the unfaithful Jews in Judah. Ezekiel, by way of a vision, hears God's command to his Messengers to slay all the apostates of Judah. The Lord's servant was told to slay young and old, not sparing any and have no pity upon them. But what about the faithful few that still lived in Judah? Would God destroy the righteous along with the unrighteous? In the vision to Ezekiel, the prophet heard God say this in chapter 9, verse 4. Go through the midst of the city and put a mark on the foreheads of the faithful. Those who sigh and groan over the wicked things being done around them put a mark upon those individuals. And so these persons would be marked as saved from God's wrath. Such a mark was, of course, not literally done, but this was simply God's way of informing his prophet Ezekiel that he was well aware of all the faithful individuals and that they were remembered. God, who is all-knowing, doesn't need a literal mark to figure out who's faithful and who's not. But to assure us of his recognition of the faithful service that we render him, God speaks of these individuals as having a distinguishable mark on their forehead. In this case, it would be protection, the Lord's protection. As with the Antichrist, the interpretations must be kept in mind or in light of the time period in which these people were living. Marks were used in the Bible for a variety of purposes. They were sometimes signs of God's grace, as in the case of Cain. Secondly, a person could affirm or give his oath by signing his mark, as in Job 31, verse 35. A mark could be a sign of God's protection, as in Ezekiel 9, verse 4. And... A mark can designate ownership, as Paul writes in 2 Timothy 2.19. The firm foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. My friend, I pray you'll not become captivated by the fantasies of so-called modern prophets, and that you lose don't lose sight of the real message of the Bible, uh, that is, the coming of Jesus Christ to die on the cross to make atonement for sins, The real question is not, who is the particular individual coming as the Antichrist or the mark of the beast that will literally appear upon someone's forehead? But the real question is, are you among the redeemed of God? Are you ready to go when the Lord does return and comes to claim his saved? We hope so, and if not, we hope we can be of service to you and helping you to understand or to study the Word of God. In our assemblies, our faith, our preaching, our worship, our mission, our hope is all focused on Jesus Christ, not on some fictitious antichrist that you hear much about today. And when you come to worship with us, we'll only seek to draw you nearer to Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to 15 Minutes for Faith. Hopefully you've benefited from the message And um, this 15 minutes can become Faith for Life. We invite you to listen to other Bible messages, and please tell your friends and your family members about us. We also want to welcome you to our services. We meet at 5051 Ponderosa in Columbia, Missouri, each Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, Sunday evening at 6 o'clock, and Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. Everyone is, of course, welcome.